When he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't putting on the red There's thunder in his footsteps, lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. The Lord wasn't joking when he picked him out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. Return is very close and so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom. Starless in the void of the night, our God is an awesome God. He spoke into the darkness and created the light. Our God is an awesome God. Judgment and wrath He poured on the Sodom. Mercy and grace He gave us at the cross. Hope that we have not too quickly forgotten that our God is an awesome God. Is an awesome God, He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God, He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God, He reigns. From heaven above with wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. God. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. Weapon is a melody. Roll. Up in the ashes, 
Mama used to send me over with things. We struck a friendship on. It's been a few long summers. Out on his own porch swing. Says he was in the war in the name. Lost his wife. Lost his baby. I broke down and asked him. How'd you keep him going crazy? He said, I'll see my wife and son in just a little while. I asked him what he meant. He just looked at me and smiled. Said, I raised my hands and bowed my head. Oh, I'm finding more and more truth in the words we they tell me that there's more to life Just what I can see believe mm. A few years later I was off of college Talking to mom on the phone one night Getting all caught up on the gossip Ins and outs of the small town night Settle by the wayside. Later on, I laid there thinking back. Thought about a few long, long songs. Didn't know if I should cry or laugh. If there was anybody. Served a ticket to the other side. Could it be that sweet old man who looked me in the eyes? Said I raise my hands and bow my head. Oh, I'm finding more and more words written in red. They tell me that there's more to life than just what I. the book, chapter or the verse, you can't tell me that it all ends with a slow ride in the hearse, you know there's more and more convinced, the longer that I live, though this can't be, oh this can't be, oh this can't be. Just what I can see book of James this morning, James chapter 5, 
And I'm going to read verses 13 through 16. I noticed this morning when I had printed out my sermon that the translation that I printed was a little bit different than what the NIV usually says. So I got to read out my Bible so y'all bear with me because the writing's pretty small. If you got your place, stand up this morning for the reading of God's holy word and we appreciate that. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. If you got your place, say amen. The Bible says, is anyone of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up, and if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I think the the King James says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Can I get an amen? Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Messiah. The anointed one. Father, we just ask that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would fall fresh in this room. Oh God, I just ask that you just touch these lips of clay. That I may speak the oracles of God clearly. Father, hide your servant as always behind the cross. I pray you would open the hearts of your people even today. That they would receive a word from heaven. Father, I have an unusual message today. I'm not even sure how you want me to preach this thing. But God, I'm stepping out by faith. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. Father, have your way this day, in Jesus' name. God's people said amen, and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Father, I just pray in the mighty name of Christ for healing over my mama even now. Father, I I know she was wanting me to pray for her earlier, but I was waiting on the Holy Spirit to overpower me. And I speak life over you right now in the name of Christ, sickness, we command you to flee in the mighty name of Christ. You have no power, you have no authority over God's people. And God's people said amen and amen. I want to begin this morning, first of all, with the title of our lesson, which is 
prayers mixed with praise. Everybody say prayers mixed with praise. You see, what we have here is a powerful combination that God has given us. A combination that is without any doubt the anointing that God has given us to overpower our enemy, the devil. I believe one of the greatest examples of prayer and praise is found in the book of Acts 16 and 25 through 26. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open. And every chain came loose. Some of you may feel bound today. Some of you may even feel like you're in a prison. You may even feel like you have been locked up in chains because the times that we're living in, it's pretty hard to keep a smile on your face. Can I get an amen? But the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me. The priest of good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness those who are bound in prison. So it doesn't matter what the devil is trying to put on you today. My Bible says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Talk a moment about, I want to talk just a little bit about the realm of fighting. I know just a little bit about it. I've had a few scraps in my, my lifetime. But as a boxer, I, I learned that it was, it was critical to have a good, strong left jab. And what that means is when you're standing in your stance, your left comes across like this. To have a good, strong left jab is important because it not only keeps your opponent off his guard. It keeps him busy keeping that out of his face. But what it does is that the strong left jab sets you up for what comes next. And what comes next is usually... A combination. God has given us a good combination today, but he's also given us a good left jab. If you think about Mike Tyson, one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all times, he had a powerful left jab, but but what made him so deadly was the combinations that he would quickly throw. And he would always end either with a left Hook or a left jab. And it was that left hook or jab that would send that opponent to the canvas. Giving him over 58 victories and 44 of those victories were a knockout. That man was dangerous at one time. Come on, amen. I still wouldn't want to cross it. 
for a million, I'd get in the ring with him. Y'all be praying for pastor. But I try him for a million. Come on, amen, because I, I know what I can do with a million in this church. Hallelujah. But anyway, <laughs> but God has given us a powerful combination, and it is praying and praising mixed together. And by doing so, we, we're accomplishing what I believe the Bible is referring to as the good fight of faith. Can I get an amen? You see, not only did Paul teach young Timothy about praying, but he also taught him about praising as well. But he also taught him about fleeing from the things of the world. Because you see, the things of this world would be something that would cause him to stumble, to cause him to fall, to cause him not to be able to fight the good fight of faith. And some of you are trying to fight the good fight of faith, but you're dealing with something called the spirit of fear. God does not give you fear. If fear is entering into your camp, I can promise you it's not from God. My Bible says that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. My leg just about went down. I was going to go to the floor. That's okay. Amen. I'm still standing. But listen to the words as Paul speaks to Timothy. First Timothy 6, 11, and 12. He says, but you men of God, flee from all this. Stop right there. All this. He's talking about all the things of this world. The sinful nature the money, the fame, the fortune, all these things were stumbling by. He said, but you man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, generous endurance, and fight the good fight of faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The apostle Paul Some of the last words he wrote before he left this earth was these words right here. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. In fact, we all know about how Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus about the full armor of God. Can I get an amen? But, but what we do not understand is that we got to get to the end of the full armor of God because in the very end, Paul gives some very precise instructions. Listen carefully. He says, praying always. When do we pray? I didn't hear you. Praying always. What, what did I say that prayer is like? Prayer is like that left jab. The Bible says pray without ceasing. You're sticking the prayer in the face of the enemy. He's approaching on a daily basis. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. We're jabbing. We're jabbing. We're jabbing. We're setting up for the combination, which is coming next. But we're always praying. We're always jabbing. We got to stay on our knees before God because the enemy is relentless. 
He does not give up. He does not quit. And he will not. So we had the job of doing what? Praying constantly. Praying without ceasing. Steadily jabbing. Jabbing. Putting it out there in the face of the enemy. Letting him know that he's got to fight. Are you with me this morning? But Paul says praying always with all kinds of prayers and supplications in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In other words, don't just pray for yourself. Because you got to understand what, while the enemies may not be attacking you, he's attacking those you love. And they may not know that they were called to pray without ceasing. And so your jab can reach a long ways. Because when we're, when we're calling on to the most high God, his hand is not too short to save. He, he's not, come on, he's not withered up. But the arm of the Lord is far and wide. And he can reach into the othermost parts of the sea, into the ocean, into the world. To deliver those who are struggling through a prayer. But not only are we called to pray, but we're called to praise him in the storms. Most times you think, well, I'm going to get my praise on at church. Let me tell you something. Praise is not just meant to be in church. You can't wait on me and Brian to get the rhythm going. You can't wait on the drum beat. So you can feel, no, no, no. Praise should begin the moment that your feet hit the floor. Say, hallelujah. You're praying. You're praising. You're lifting your hands unto the Lord Almighty. Praise can be done in your car on the way to work. Praise can be done in the bathroom while you're brushing teeth. Come on, amen. Praise can be done sitting at your kitchen table. Praise can be done anywhere. And so can prayer. And so the combination of the two, working together, hand in hand, praise and prayer. You got a deadly combination. And the enemy, he doesn't mind us praying. But I guarantee you, he's fearful when we get to praising God and praying together. Because the moment we begin to do that, he begins to tremble. Can I get an amen? Because you see, we're not just praying and praising to ourselves. But but we're praying and praising God, the one who's able to save, deliver, and set us free. You know, David was a mighty warrior for God. I love talking about him because he's a hero of mine. But but what I, I loved about David was that he knew how to use his faith. While everybody was trembling and shaking in front of this giant, it was a young man who was willing to stand out. Maybe 13, 14 year old. While men in their 30s, 25s, 40s, developed strong, were shaking in their armor. But see, David, he had a secret. He, he knew that praising God and, and praying to God was a good combination. And I often wondered what David was saying to himself 
as he began to approach a nine-foot giant. I fought some big old boys in my time. Ain't none of them been no nine feet. Come on, amen. I could have had one a few weeks ago <laughs> when that Sasquatch ran across my property back there, but I didn't dare to mingle with that thing. I know y'all think I'm a liar, but God knows I'm true. But can you imagine David saying Psalms 103, 1 through 5? Listen to what David said. Praise the Lord, all my soul. Praise the Lord. Come on, amen. Praise the Lord, all my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who forgives all sins, who heals all disease, who redeems your soul from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion and who satisfies your needs with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And in other words, David is speaking to himself. He may not feel like praising God, but he's saying, praise the Lord, oh my soul. In other words, soul. The body's tired right now, but I'm telling you right now, in the mighty name of Christ, you need to get your praise on. Come on, amen. Some of you woke up today going, oh, man. Oh, man. Got to go to church. No, you get to go to church. You know why you get to go to church? Because you get a time to praise him. David is giving you some reasons today to praise God. If you can't get happy about anything, remember that your sins are forgiven. That, that, that there in itself will cause you to praise. But, but remember that, that God heals your disease. He redeems your soul from the pit and He crowns you with love and compassion and He satisfies your needs with good things. I like how He renews your strength. So that you be, your youth renewed like the eagles. Come on. Make me strong, Lord. So take note of how James begins today. He begins by asking three simple little questions. He says, any among you in trouble? Is anyone happy? Is anyone among you sick? Now when I hear these three questions, all I can think about today is our own personal situation in America. Because honestly, is anyone any more happy? Are we happy? Honestly, I think we're trying to be happy. We're trying to put a smile on our face. We're trying to go through the motions of being happy. We're trying to keep the happiness inside of us. But in reality, we, we, we feel distraught. We feel disturbed. We feel upset and agitated. We feel worried. We feel stressed. And we feel angry. Because you see... We are living in a terrible time right now where even the government is out of control, making horrible decisions. And so we're trying to keep our happiness, but in reality, we're just going through the motions of being happy. 
And the enemy, he loves it. But let me remind you, a good reason to be happy is this. You are alive today. You woke up today. Some of you already ate something this morning. You should be happy. Some of you are in deeply in love with your spouse. Come on, amen. You got reason to be happy. You got a beautiful family. You got a nice home. God is Jehovah Jireh. He's already provided. We have reasons to be happy. Don't allow the enemy to steal your joy. Our world is is struggling with each other because some got the shot and some didn't get the shot. Who cares who got a shot? What what if you want to get a shot, get you one. If you don't, cool. It shouldn't make a difference about who is who. That's your choice. You're American. You got the choice. But don't let people try to steal your happiness because you didn't get it and they did. Come on, amen. I wouldn't have got it if it wasn't for my wife. I wanted to make her happy. (laughs) Come on, amen. And so, you know, mama ain't happy. Amen. (laughs) Stick it in me. I'll take it. If it kills me, I die. But I'm going to die smiling because I'm happy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? But the truth is, it brings to the next two questions that describes the the turmoil that we're dealing with right now. Trouble and sickness. Is anyone in trouble? Yeah, we're in trouble as a whole. Are we sick? The country is very sick. Mentally, physically, most of all, spiritually. And the health is right here. The antidote, the word of God. It says that the word of God moves mountains. It says that the word of God heals and delivers. Everything that we could ever want and desire is right here. But our country doesn't want it. We want other remedies that do not work. And we wonder why we're in so much trouble. I want to give you the greatest example of what we're dealing with today was a man named Solomon. You knew who Solomon was? Solomon was the son of David. Solomon was the richest man that has ever lived and ever will live. He was bringing in 20 tons of gold a year. Add it up. 20 tons. That's a lot of jack. Come on, amen. God had given him so much wisdom. The Bible says that the whole world sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom that God had put in his heart. Here's the most important thing. Solomon had 
peace from the north, south, east, and the west. And this man, he reigned for 40 years, but closer to the end of his reign, he began to turn away from God. You see, he married over 700 women and had over 300 concubines. Woo, that's a lot of women. Come on, a thousand, thousand women to deal with. And so these women begin to turn his heart away from God and the things of God. And so for the first time in his life, he's never had conflict. He's never had trouble. He never had words. But now that he's turned his back on God and the things of God, all of a sudden, adversaries begin to rise up against him. No longer does he have peace. But all of a sudden, all the kingdoms are stripped from him. All the tribes are stripped from him. All the tribes... All 11 except one, the tribe of Judah. And the only reason that Solomon was left with the tribe of Judah is because of his father, David. God made a promise to David. You you will always have someone on the throne from generation to generation. And if it wasn't for David, God would have took that out of his hand as well. And the reason all this is happening to, to Solomon is because he turned his back on God and his word. So I believe with all my heart today, I may be wrong. But I think this is the problem we're having in our world today. I'm going to give you three reasons why I believe this. First of all, we, we've lost our first love. I'm not talking about Millwood. I'm talking about America in general. We've turned our back on God. We kicked God to the curb. What does it say in Revelations 2, 4 through 5? Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the high from which you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Now we're finna get prophetically, whatever that word means. Secondly, our world in general are not bowing our knee to God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we are bowing our knee to everything else in this world. Fame, fortune, love, you name it, sex, all the drugs, all these things we're bowing a knee to. Things, homes, cars. But God, no, no time for God. But listen to the words of the Bible. James 4 and 4 says it clear. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God and anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes a, becomes an enemy of God. First John 5. What's the next chapter? First John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. 
Anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of simple man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. Man, I've quoted that a lot of times in this church, but I'm going to keep doing it till he tells me to stop. And thirdly, we've unhooked ourselves to the, from the only anchor we have, and that's Christ Jesus. He's our hope. He's the only anchor we have. My Bible says in Hebrews 6, 19, we have this hope, an anchor from, for the soul. That, that's where your happiness is. In your heart. Firm and secure, it enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. See, Jesus told us, John 14 and 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, you see. And when you unhook from that anchor, you begin to drift in the sea. You have no way to stop you. The wind just keeps blowing you back and forth. You're tossed back and forth. The, the world is walking around, some in church, some are not, some are double-minded, unable to understand, just going about by feelings, emotions. But God tells us in Deuteronomy 30 and 19, he tells us, this day I call heaven and earth as a witness against you. I've set before you life and death Blessings and curses now choose life so that you and your children may live. And because of our choices in this world, we are now facing the consequences. You wonder why we're going through what we're going through right now? I'm going to show you why. These are the consequences of America planting bad seed into the earth. Hosea says it like this. I know you never heard this verse. God says, sow for yourself righteousness, reap in mercy, for it's time to break up your unplowed ground and seek the Lord until he comes. But you plowed wickedness, you reaped iniquity, for you trusted in thy own ways and in thy many warriors. God said, you planted it, you will reap it. In fact, how many times over the years have we heard this verse in this church over and over and over again? And not only here, but all across America, preachers are standing up and saying these words right here. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I hear the land and forgive their sins. If... If my people, here's the signs. I posted something on Facebook. Some, I know some of y'all saw it. I saw you like. But I posted, we need to quit looking for signs now. The signs have already been given. It's time to start listening for the trumpet. Because <laughs> it ain't going to be long, guys. I don't feel like it's going to be long. Maybe in my lifetime, I pray it is. But here's our first sign. 
Let's go back 20 years. Yesterday, we celebrated 20 years that our country was attacked like never before since Pearl Harbor. Come on, amen. Where over almost 3,000 people died in one mighty blow. Sign number one. You don't hear sign number two? Sign number two was just a few years ago when God sent the drought. All of a sudden, Lake Ray Hubbard. Come on, all of a sudden, Lake Levon looked like a field. We ain't seen no rain. We're praying for rain, but no rain. What's going on? Let's see what the Bible has to say. Because first, our country has been attacked. God's trying to wake us up. People went to the church for a little while. Then they went back to the same old things. Now we don't even hardly remember what took place, do we? Going for a few faithful people to remind us on Facebook what happened 20 years ago. But then we go through this huge drought when everything dries up. But I want to back up before we get to the third sign. I want to read what the Bible actually says before, if my people who are called by my name will pray. Now listen carefully. Second Chronicles 7.13 When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land and to send, send a... Send a what? Send a plague among my people. I'm, I am no prophet. I'm not even close to being a prophet. But I do believe I hear from God. And I may be wrong today, but I feel that God is trying to say something to America. This ain't just for church. There's people all over the world right now listening to our services on, 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 what do they call it? Dang, I'm not technical at all. Spot the flies. <laughs> Spot those flies. And so we come to the third sign. COVID-19. Are we waking up yet? Are we listening yet, even here in this service? Now, I'm finna get off in here and you ain't gonna like this, cause I don't like it, but I can't help it. It's the truth. I read this a couple weeks ago, and I trembled inside. And I'm talking about, can I finish this? And I'm talking about trembling For real inside, shaking on the inside. And I'm going to read the words of Ezekiel. And when I read it, it sounds like to me that God is describing us to the T. Ezekiel 21, 1 through 7. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face against Jerusalem and preach and preach against the sanctuary. Stop. How many times have you guys heard right here me talking about false preachers and false 
churches. Woo, hold on a minute. Here we go. Prophesy against the land of Israel and say to her, this is what the Lord says. I am against you. Listen, I will draw my sword from its sheath and I will cut off from both the righteous and the wicked. It's not just the righteous people who are dying, but the wicked. Good people are dying. Bad people are dying. I believe the sword has been drawn by the Lord Almighty. Because I'm going to cut off the righteous and the wicked. My sword will be unsheathed against every one from the south to the north. Then all people will know that I, the Lord, have drawn my sword from a sheath. It will not return again. Therefore, groan, son of man. Groan before them with a broken heart and bitter grief. And when they ask you, why are you groaning? You shall say, because of the news that is coming. Every heart will melt with fear and every hand will go limp. Every spirit will become faint and every knee will become as weak as water. It's coming. It will surely take place, declares the sovereign Lord. But understand, everything can change right now. Everything can completely come to a stop. It's not going to take a new vaccine to heal this country. It's going to take some praise. It's going to take some prayer. Are you with me this morning? Job 2, 12 and 13, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sinning calamity. It starts in this room. It starts on these iPods. It starts on the iPad. It starts right there where you are listening on the radio. Wherever you're hearing this, it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with Millwood Church. We've got to get back to praying and prayer and praising. A little fasting wouldn't hurt you either. Because Jesus said, when I leave, you will fast. So we don't fast anymore in this country. We feast. Right now, you're thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch. You need to think about what you're going to have in the future if there is one. You need to think about these grandchildren that are coming up. It's up to you and I to begin to pray in the praise God. So he'll change his heart. So he'll take that sh- sword and put it back in his sheet before it's too late. Because it ain't slowing down, it's picking back up. David, the man after God's own heart. Close to the end of his life, he, he did the unthinkable. He went against the word of God. 
See, God tells us, do not take a census. In other words, don't count your army men. Because when you start counting, you begin to think, that's how many I got, that's how many I can trust on. People ask me all the time, how many people you have in your church? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Because I don't count. I can't lie, I do see some empty chairs. But I'm not counting because when I count... I begin trusting. Can I make my offers? Can we, can we pay our bills? See, I'm not trusting in that. And so David, what he did, he took a census of his army and his conscience was stricken. And the word of the Lord came to him through the prophet. Second Samuel 24, 11 through 17, before David Got up the next morning, the word of the Lord had came to Gad, the prophet, David's seer. Go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I'm giving you three options. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. So Gad went to David and said to him, shall the, shall there come to thee three years of famine in your land? Or three months of fleeing from your enemies while they pursue you? Or three days of plague in your land? Now then, think it over and decide how I should answer the one who sent me. David said to Gad, I'm in deeply distress. Let, let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. But do not let us fall into the hands of men. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel. From that morning until the end of the time designated. And 70,000 of the people of God from Dan to Beersheba died. When the angel stretched out his hand to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was afflicting the people, enough, withdraw your hand. The angel Lord was then at the threshing floor at Arunah, the Jebusite. When David saw the angel who was striking down the people, he said to the Lord, I have sinned. I, the shepherd, have done wrong. These are but sheep. What have they done? Let your hand fall on me and my family. One man, 70,000. God has set before us in America two choices. Life or death. Life or death. The prophet Jonah came down to Nineveh, a world very much like America today. Ungodly, worldly, lustful, you name it, they were doing it. The prophet said nine words. Forty more days and Nineveh will be over Overturned. Every man, every woman, every animal, they began to put sackcloth and ashes on everything. The king went down. The whole world of Nineveh repented in sackcloth and ashes. And I want you to listen to the words of God in Jonah 3 and 10. When God saw what they had How they had turned from their evil ways. He had compassion 
and did not bring the destruction that he had threatened. If right now, if America, the men and women of God, not talking about the heathens, I'm talking about us, his people. If we would just stop in our tracks and just put the brakes on, quit worrying about everything else and say, you know what? It's time to pray and it's time to praise. And I can promise you the plague that has fell on our country will be lifted right off of us and the sword will be put up back in its sheath. And it'll be gone and we'll just say, man, y'all remember that? But if we continue in the way that this world is going, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse and worse until there's only a handful of people say, you know what, we better do something. But it starts right here. It starts with me then to you like that domino effect. If I would just humble myself before God. We, let's all stand even now. Just close your eyes even now in the house of God. It starts right now. Just begin to pray to the Father and say, Father, We have sinned. We have turned our back on you. We have forsaken your son. We have cut the anchor loose. We're just drifting. We we need we need to be restored in America. We need to be renewed. We need to be healed, delivered, and set free. Because honestly, God, we deserve it. We deserve it. And we're asking not to look at our faithfulness, but just to look at us with mercy. Because our Bible said that God desires mercy, not sacrifice. And we're crying out to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every hand begin to rise up to the heavens. Father, we begin to take our hands of praise right now and we're we're moving it to the left and to the right. We're giving you a wave offering this morning. We're praising you in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for who you are. You are the Alpha. You are the Omega and we praise you. You sent your only begotten son to deliver us and set us free. We praise you in the house. Can I get somebody to praise God today? Lord, we thank you for who you are. You are the provider. You are the way maker. We praise you right now. We begin right here in America, God. Only you can deliver us from the hand of the enemy. Lord, we love you. We magnify you. We glorify you. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Tzitkanu. Hallelujah. We praise your holy name. You're awesome in this place. And you're worthy of our praise.
God, you even said in your word, if they don't cry out, the stones will cry out. Lord, I don't need no rock to outpraise me today. I don't care what people think of me, Lord. I'm lifting my voice to you, oh God, because you are the one who holds in your hand life and death. Lord, our children need deliverance. Our grandchildren need to be set free. We need salvation in America. We need somebody to lead our people, Lord. God, you're not the author of confusion. Lord, we ask that you rebuke confusion out of our White House. Lord, deliver us out of the hands of the wicked. We are your people. We bear the name of Christ, Yeshua. The king of kings, the lamb of God who is slain for the world, who would take away the sins of our world, Lord. Father, am I praising you by myself? I don't hear nobody in the house today. Somebody ought to be able to say hallelujah. Woo! Glory be to the lamb. God, forgive us. For we have sinned. And Lord, we return back to you even now in the name of Christ. We humble ourselves before you, Lord. Set a fire inside of us, Lord. Your word said, if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It cannot unless you resalt us. Resalt us, God. Relight the light that we may be shining forth in this world of darkness. God, let us leave different today. And I pray that every soul that hears this podcast, Lord, they will get on fire for you even now. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you and we close with the mighty name of Jesus. You guys have a blessed week. We'll see you next week.